There was unsurvivable, a catastrophic accident. I thought the building was going to fall over. My God, the roar. One had a machine gun, and they were shooting through the doors. About five minutes later, here comes a big front-end loader tractor with a whole bucket full of cases of dynamite. <laughs> if I want to make money, I'm going to, you know, show you my boots. As long as the check clears, we bring them in, bring them out. You know what I mean? <laughs> Go to Home Depot. To kind of find something, just walk out, don't ask for help, be a man. Find so many great Canadian athletes, contracts, in WWE that I knew that all Canadians were crazy. It's a great day for a podcast. This is Oakley. A gentleman out there in Kelowna, B.C., who has a wonderful story of recovery or retrieval and recovery, and it has to do with his wedding ring that's been lost for 17 years. Noel Nissen has joined us on the line from BC, and uh, he's the one who's going to tell us all about it. Noel, good to have you here on the Oakley Show in Toronto. How are things? Oh, doing well. How about you? <laughs> yeah, I'm okay, too. Thanks. Uh, but yours is the better story. It has to do with a wedding ring that was recovered. So tell us all about this and how uh, it became a story of some, some renown, uh, certainly in the interior of BC. Yeah, so I uh, live in Kelowna, and we live about an hour away from Penticton, B.C., and uh, the Okanagan Lake has a channel that empties into, I think, Skaha Lake. And th- that channel, a lot of people in the summertime will uh, will float down the channel. It's not super deep, but it's nice. You know, you can just kind of lazily float down the channel. So uh, my wife and I got married 20 years ago. Uh, actually, 20 years ago, uh, in a few days, uh, seven days, actually, is our 20, 20th wedding anniversary. Mm. We were floating down the channel about, uh, this would be about two or three years, three years after we got married. We had gone down there with some friends, and we were floating down the channel. And when we got out of the channel at the other end, uh, I realized that my wedding ring was gone. And it was one of those things where you're like, well, that channel is a good mile long, so you're probably not going to find it anytime soon. So... I guess that is what it is. So I went out and we, you no, know, we were disappointed, but it was one of those things where you just like, well, what can you do? You can't really do anything about it. So went out and bought myself a cheap $50 ring just to, to make sure that if I lose it again, I'm not really out all that much. Mm. And sure enough, that $50 ring lasted me 17 years. Never lost it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so about a week and a half ago, my or two weeks ago, my, my father-in-law sends me a, a an article on uh, WhatsApp and he says, is this you? And I open it up and it's this local news co- news uh, site that we have. And they've got this, this story that says we're looking for the owner of a ring that was found in the Penticton Channel. Uh, a swimmer last the week before had found it. And uh, when we bought this ring originally before we got married, uh, it, funny, just one of those weird little things. They It was it was this. Uh, the the people that sold it to us, they told us, hey, you know, when you buy this ring, you get free engraving on the ring. We can engrave, you know, something. And so they asked us what we wanted to engrave, and we weren't really sure that we wanted to, but we just said, well, how about we just put our names, you know, Noel loves Stephanie, and uh, and just the date of our wedding, and you know, our date of our wedding, so that should do fine. Well, because of that, when this person turned this ring into the police, the police were able to, you know, put this thing out there saying, hey, are you the owner of this ring? We have this this engraving, Noel loves Stephanie, and it says, you know, a date on it. And if you can call us and let us know what the date is, then you can re- retrieve your ring. So I, I saw this article from my father-in-law, and I thought, that's crazy. We lost that ring 17 years ago. Hmm. What's going on? So I called the uh, called the 
RCMP in Penticton and, and told them the date on the ring. And they said, sure enough, we could come down and grab it from them. So we went down there and picked it up. And it, that's the story. We've we, 17 years later, we got our ring back. Wow. What are the chances uh, or the odds? But the $50 ring, what happens to that now? Uh, it's just sitting here. It's, it's not doing anything. For me. <laughs> it's not doing anything. No, but here's the real keen uh, part of this. When you say this person who turned it in, do you know who found it and who turned it in? We do not. Um, we, we actually never did find out the police, uh, the police department said that, uh, they left it anonymously. Um, we actually thought for a moment that we might have had a, a line on who it was, but uh, they had basically declined to be identified. And so, you know, we, we put it out in all the other places where we've been talking about this. We put it out there that we always wish that we could, you know, give a proper thank you to that person. And honestly, like, it feels like one of those things where it's like God is giving you a gift, you know? It's like, hey, it's, we've had a a pretty good marriage and we hope for another 20, 20 years of good marriage. And we're just grateful for, for that person and, and for everything. Wow. So it's uh, led you to reflect on things here because of the it's serendipity, they call it, I guess, that this thing just shows up after 17 years, again, by persons unknown uh, who want to remain anonymous. It's, uh, as you say, like a gift. So has it yeah. Then sort of maybe uh, brought into sharp focus here, uh, your wedding or any kind of a reset or uh, I don't want to say a reset, maybe a, a second go round of a, a honeymoon of sorts or anything just based on this ring being returned after all this while. Well, I'll tell you, you know, it does kind of feel like one of those one of those things where you, you feel like this is an opportunity to sort of look at it as a sort of a, a a sign, if you will, <laughs> that that the marriage is, you know, this is this is good. That that coming back to us is, you know, especially coming back on the same month as our twenty year anniversary is one of those things where you think, you know, we can use it as as one of those things that we can look at and say, hey, we've been through our we've been through our stuff. You know, every marriage goes through stuff, mm-hmm. and we've gone through it. But here we are, 20 years later, we still love each other. We're still committed to each other. And this ring just sort of reaffirms that to us. What a great story. Uh, and so are you planning anything as a consequence or is just, you know, the recommitment that's been underscored by the retrieval and return of the ring? My wife was joking that uh, we're going to uh, celebrate by having another float down the Penticton Channel. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. <laughs> uh, we're thinking- we're thinking about uh, actually going on, uh, well, for the 20th anniversary, we're actually going to look at maybe going on a cruise or something like that uh, together. We're actually also planning a, a family trip. Our kids are, you know, 16, 17 years old. They're both, they both work now. They're, you know, my son's graduated, daughter's still in school. And we're, we're thinking about, you know, maybe doing something as a family in the spring together and, and just, we, hey, this is our, our family 20 years later and doing something together like that. Yeah, so the heightened awareness or its added currency to the fact that the ring was returned after 17 17 years lost in the Penticton Channel. That's a great story, Noel. Thanks for sharing it with us. Uh, As I said, we need something upbeat, uplifting, and this certainly fits the bill. Noel Nissen, man in Kelowna, 17 years later, wedding band returned.
repatriated with this wedding ring and he thought you know there was something symbolic about renewing his vows and blah 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 and so rings have this kind of sentimental value and attachment for people so uh when it came to alexandra stokel who lost not one but five rings of great sentimental value uh in a garbage truck i guess in uh, cape breton just the friday before the lo- the labor day weekend it's a remarkable story of recovery, and she's here to share with us uh, how this all went down because it wasn't a pleasant excursion by any measure. Alexandra, good to have you on the Oakley Show. Good afternoon. Hi, John. Thanks for having me. Well, I, pre- I appreciate this. Uh, wow. Uh, what a story. So uh, set the table for us because uh, basically uh, it was five, not one ring, but five. And uh, tell us the significance of these rings, first of all, and how they ended up in the trash. Yeah, so my husband and I had just celebrated our 10-year anniversary last year. So he got me a new engagement ring, um, our original wedding band, an anniversary ring, a ring from my mom, and a ring from my grandmother. Um, so they were all they all had their own importance. I know they're just things, but each one meant a lot to me. Uh, so I had cleaned them in a solution on the Thursday night and put them in a paper towel to dry. I placed the paper towel on a shelf that he never goes near, and yet somehow he managed to throw it out on Friday for garbage day. Mm. All right, and this is your uh, hubby, Ryan O'Donnell. So as he threw it out, uh, he had no idea that there was anything of consequence in this sort of paper towel wrap that was uh, considered garbage. No idea at all, none. Yeah, and you no. weren't around to supervise, so uh, he just went about it figuring he's doing his uh, house husband duties. <laughs> <And> so <laughs> when, when did you realize the rings were missing? So I was on my way out shopping, excuse me, <clears throat> and I uh, went to go put on my rings. So I went to the shelf and I looked and the paper towel was gone. And I just felt this, the, my stomach dropped. I could have probably been sick. I just had that dropping feeling. Um, so I gave him a call on his phone. We're both real estate agents. So he was actually in a showing at the time for our guy. And I called and I said, um, Rye, what happened to the paper towel on the shelf? And I said, did you throw it out? And he said, uh, yeah, <laughs> like, it was no big mm-hmm. deal. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so unfortunately I hung up on him and, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, it was crazy. I just, I couldn't think of anything else. And I ran to my car couldn't even remember if I had shoes on. Like I just, it, in, in my mind, it was important to chase down garbage trucks at that time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. D- yeah. Did you know which garbage truck specifically you had to chase? No clue. I mean, luck was in my favor that day in so many, in so many ways because we had renovations being done on our house. So that garbage person actually had to honk for me to come out and move my vehicles and the construction guys' cars as well. So, you know, that created a memorable moment for, for her. The, the garbage person was actually Jessica. Um, but the gentleman I chased down, he was not my garbage person at all. He was rather shocked. <laughs> <laughs> right. Woman in car without shoes chasing down a garbage man. Okay. Uh, so did you ever find Jessica? How soon? Uh, so I, I never found Jessica, but by, by, you know, getting this guy's attention, he was in the middle of his run and he was able to contact his foreman, JB. Um, and JB was up there within five minutes. You know, it definitely helped that I was in tears and frantic. <laughs> sure, sure. But, uh, yeah, big time. So JB came up and he said, you know, there's protocol. 
Um, Jess would have to finish her run and go back to the dump and weigh everything. So he said it would be probably about an hour uh, before I could go meet them at the dump. Where they would dump what you considered to be the pile of garbage in which your rings would be located, right? Exactly. And it was over a thousand garbage bags easily. It was it was a mess for sure. <laughs> so did you yeah. go to the collection facility when they dumped all of the stuff out of the truck and started to rummage through looking for your rings? I sure did. Actually, JB looked at me and he said, well, you better go home and change. So I went home and put on my husband's rain boots. I wasn't going to ruin my own and <laughs> changed my clothes. And I showed up at the dump. And at that time, it was just going to be um, me, JB and one other person. Um, but yeah, at the end, we ended up having six people who joined us to help. So it was pretty incredible. Did you know you were uh, all around the net, so to speak, as far as the rings were concerned, that this would be the pile where you might be able to find them? I mean, there had to have been uh, certain, I don't know, uh, benchmarks or uh, something that might have been, you know, indicative that this was the place to look. Well, quite luckily, uh, my family had had, not luckily, I guess, in a pandemic, but we had had COVID the week before. Mm. So we knew that our garbage bag was clear. We knew that we only had it half filled because we were gone for that week. Um, and we knew the contents. So, you know, I, I don't know. I think that they still would have helped had I not known these things. Um, but it was definitely a lot easier because, you know, there were thousands of bags. Some of them were black. Some of them were clear. So we could kind of filter through the black ones and stick to the contents of what we knew. So there was a, a KFC bucket. You know, my husband craved KFC when he had COVID. Um, the COVID tests, anything that we tested with, I put in little red Ikea zip, Ziploc. That way, you know, I wouldn't make the garbage people sick. Um, <laughs> little, little things like that, which they appreciated, of course, at the time of digging. <laughs> um, and, and Pokemon cards. So I knew the specifics of our bag, um, but what actually helped us was an envelope from a client with my husband's name, my name, and my son's name on it. Bingo. It's like the holy grail right there. Oh, my God. You had no idea. But once we found that, um, we realized the bag had been ripped open. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we found the holy grail and then a bajillion pieces of paper towel around it. <laughs> Well, you did. So uh, working your way through this rancid, fetid detritus, you know, uh, fighting off seagulls and rats, uh, you finally came to what you uh, and so it was you had to feel a certain sense of relief and ecstasy at the same time. A hundred percent. It was it was such a mix. I mean, you know, you're super excited. But then again, you kind of feel that your stomach drop. You're like, oh, God, the bag ripped. Where did it rip? Did it rip? in the truck, you know, it's so, you know, everything is going through all of our minds. <laughs> we all feel elated. And then, you know, then we're like, Oh God, all at the same time. But uh, it was definitely a nice, you know, a nice window of hope for sure. Right. And so uh, I'm guessing that you made entreaties to St. Anthony. I don't know if your religious background does it, but you know, uh, a lot of us in the Catholic faith, you know, it's St. Anthony we pray to when we lose something. Did you do that? Well, it's funny because my grandmother believes in St. Anthony more than she believes in a lot of things. And so the, the moment I got to that dump, 
I just said, come on, St. Anthony, come on. I've never called in a favor. Just just give me this one shot, please. <laughs> <laughs> and I just kept kind of chanting it over and over again. And, you know, he came through. He pulled through for us. Wow. Alexandra Stokel recovered her five rings of great sentimental value. Understandable. Uh, and I guess the takeaway from this is uh, you're never going to press your husband to throw out the garbage ever again. <laughs> that's the upside <laughs> for him anyway at his end. Uh, that's a great story and a wonderful ending to it as well. A happy ending, as they say. Alexandra, thanks for sharing that with us this afternoon. No, thank you, John. Have a great day. And you, Alexandra Stokel, again in Cape Breton, where the rings were recovered in the piles of garbage she sifted through. That's a happy ending. If you like that, you'll like what we've got next. Stick around for more of the Oakley Podcast. Boy, uh, that is something that's obviously... uh, you're going through all kinds of hot whips of panic as you're looking through this stuff and hoping against hope that you'll come up with some kind of indication that the rings are in fact there uh, or that you can find it in, she said, a thousand bags of garbage and the bag had ripped. So you don't know in the trash compact or in the back of the truck, anything could have happened. It's almost like a theme we've got going. The gentleman who lost his ring 17 years prior in the uh, channel there, the Penticton channel when he was swimming, he had only been married a couple of years. But 17 years later, somebody anonymously had returned it to the RCMP detachment and they put out the call on social media and he was repatriated with his ring. And in this case, the five ring circus that uh, confronted Alexandra Stokel. But she went a digging and she found it or found them. You know, it was one thing that uh, reminded me very, very well, uh, I guess in the same vein when this crucifix that I have around my neck and I've I've worn probably close to 35, 40 years. My sister had it blessed by the Pope in Rome back in the late 70s and gave it to me as a gift. And so I wear it and daily, never take it off. Except I was playing hockey, summer hockey, probably about 15 years ago. And uh, when I came home that night, you know, somehow when you have something around your neck, you always feel its presence and kind of Spookily, I I didn't feel that, and I started to you know just pat my my chest and uh, under the shirt, nothing there. And I went, damn! Somewhere along the line, I lost this thing. So to sort of crop the story, uh, I waited a few days because I thought, well, maybe you know uh, it'll show up in my hockey bag. I looked through that, no, I you know for whatever reason you sort of wait. Uh, somebody will turn it in, or this is what I thought. You know, somebody found it in the dressing room. They'll tell me when I show up the next week. And then I I thought, geez, you know, uh, I better make sure. I'll go to the rink. I'll look in the lost and found. And I did. But, you know, there's a lot of gloves and, uh, you know, mittens, toques and things like that. But nothing, you know, like a piece of, uh, well, ersatz jewelry, I guess you could call it. Nothing there. The the rink guys, you know, like, take a look. Go ahead, you know. And gave me the uh, key to the tuck shop there. And I'm looking through it, rummaging, nothing. No chance. And then I thought to myself, well, wait a minute. If I lost it on the ice, the Zamboni cleans the ice. Is it possible that the Zamboni picked this up in the snow? And a thought struck me. Uh, The Zamboni dumps all the snow out into the parking lot. The summer hockey now. And, And so some of the snow might have melted. 
And I thought to myself, geez, uh, maybe I can get a shovel from these guys and start digging through the piles of snow. How I would identify which piles of snow would have been related to four days hence or previous. And uh, so the guys at the rink, you know, sure, go ahead. But boy, they were shaking their heads looking at me like I was nuts. Went out there and I started to shovel. And because it was summer, I was throwing the piles of snow up in the air so it would splatter on the pavement and diffuse. And uh, so you would sort of see if there was any. But after about, I don't know, 45 minutes of this, I threw another lot up in the air just again. It's, you know, a real, real long shot. But I noticed a little glint of gold. And I recognized that as the clasp for this chain around my neck. And if the clasp is there, what are the chances that the other components are there? Now, the clasp had been intact with the chain and, you know, the uh, other part of it. And so I knew that it had been broken because the Zamboni's rotor blades probably had carved this thing up. So I'm still looking and I'm throwing snow piles up. And, and lo and behold, I found the two other pieces that came together. Et voila, that was a story. Uh, it was really a long, long shot, very, very similar to the story of Alexandra Sokol. Uh, when you go through, whether it's garbage or piles of snow. And as I said, you know, this was like from four days prior that the Zamboni had dropped and most of it had melted, but there were other drops around it. I just started digging and giving it a long shot and it came to fruition. Found my uh, my chain in three different parts, went to the jeweler, had it reassembled, and it's been there around my neck ever since. Okay, boys and girls, that's a wrap for this episode of the Oakley Podcast. Listen to the show live Monday to Friday afternoons from 3 to 6 Eastern. Just turn the AM dial to 640 or listen to us from anywhere at 640toronto.com. 